Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Do our air pollution rules still make sense when the mercury is at 100 degrees in Seattle? Today on the podcast, we talk about how our federal regulations are one of the many things buckling under our current heat waves. Hello, and welcome back yet again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So I was talking to someone earlier this week from the greater Pacific Northwest region, and of course I was asking them about the weather there. As you may have heard, temps in Seattle topped 100 degrees several days in a row last month after, before that, only reaching the century mark three times ever. This person was saying that things have cooled down significantly since then, but that a lot of the snowpack on the mountains around Seattle has melted, so they're hoping they get some rain. And that kind of made my brain explode, because if there's one and only one thing you know about Seattle, it's that they get way too much rain, but now they're praying for rain. This, of course, is the world we live in now. Climate change-induced heat waves are going to be far from anomalous, and heat has a really direct and tangible impact on air quality. That's what we're going to be talking about today with Bloomberg Law's Jennifer Hijazi. She covers federal air regulations, and she just wrote a story about how the rules on ozone emissions are not really keeping up with record high temperatures across the country. You see, heat makes ozone pollution more concentrated, but it also causes power plants to run harder to supply juice to all those air conditioners, and the power plants then release more pollution that eventually turns into ozone itself. We'll get to all that in a second, but first I started off by asking Jennifer to explain exactly what ozone is. So we have a protective layer of beneficial ozone in our upper atmosphere that protects us from UV rays from the sun. That's the ozone layer. We want that. We do, we do, but unfortunately it is indeed eroded through the release of man-made chemicals. But harmful ground-level ozone is an ingredient in smog and is essentially a mix of airborne chemicals baked under the heat. So factories do not emit ozone into the air. They emit precursor chemicals that then react to each other in the air under sunlight. So that hot soup, if you will, results in ozone. So uh, let's talk about this hot soup. Um, um, <laughs> what, how, how does it affect humans? Us. Sure. Ozone is literally nourished by the heat and con concentrated amounts of this pollutant, as with all of our criteria air pollutants, can cause a 
variety of health effects in human, adverse health effects in humans, breathing problems, exacerbation of asthma, you know, pulmonary heart issues, things like that. Um, and you need sunlight in the chemical mix to create ozone. And since our atmosphere is warmer, it takes even fewer emissions to create the same amount uh, or more of ozone. Um, and when you've got heat waves and high pressure heat domes, like we've been seeing all over the U.S. this summer, extreme weather that is exacerbated by global warming, I think it always bears repeating, that ozone pollution gets worse. So it's not only fed by it, but ozone and other pollutants get trapped and held in those weather systems. So it sounds like, as you mentioned, there are a lot of heat waves in the country, uh, especially, you know, as we've seen in the Pacific Northwest and everywhere else. Um, but ozone isn't just a problem where it's hot because ozone can travel. You know, how does that work? Yeah. So, well, the precursor chemicals that are required for ozone and a lot of other, you know, criteria air pollutants under national ambient air quality standards, like particulate matter, for instance, travel across state lines. So there they can be admitted from, you know, what we facilities in upwind states and then migrate and affect downwind states' ability to meet attainment of national air standards. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large-sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. So then, and that leads me perfectly into the next question, which is, you know, regulations. How does the EPA deal with this? Because, you know, if, if air pollution can travel across state lines, this is a federal problem. So you wrote about the cross-state air pollution rule. Well, what exactly is that? Sure. So cross-state air pollution rule, or CASPER, as it's abbreviated to, is one of our foundation air rules that's meant to mitigate that those traveling air pollutants from upwind states to downwind states, especially in the East Coast that may have trouble attaining those health protective national ambient air quality standards. That rule was updated based on a court mandated deadline this year in, in March and it was one of Biden's early environmental air actions. And it relies on a cap and trade system for plants in 12 states. And that's, you know, the, that and that kind of cap and trade system is something that's controversial with like environmental justice groups, but on the other side of the coin, creates flexibility that supports buy-in for this kind of program. So plants can either run their pollution controls or they can purchase emission allowances to operate at full steam. And those allowances are created from plants who can kind of like bank them up and over control at less cost. So it sounds like there it, it provides these plants in these states with flexibility that allows them to 
you know, operate facility, you know, industrial facilities when they need to. Um, what's the problem with that? Because it's not, your story was about people who are saying this isn't really working the way it's supposed to. Yeah. So, and to be fair, look, Casper and, you know, particularly our national air quality standards have worked really well up until now and through now, through, you know, this, this moment at cleaning up our air. And again, part of that, the buy-in and part of that success is, is giving those plants the flexibility to operate fully on high demand days. But the rule doesn't and was never meant to be a cap, for instance, on daily emissions. It operates on a seasonal reduction requirement, like overall from May to September. And that's also based on previous 2008 ozone national ambient air quality standards. We even have a newer standard from 2015. So there are already limitations here. And as the earth heats up, and especially when we consider communities that are on the fence lines of these overworked power plants in the dead of summer, every reduction in emissions matters and will matter more in the future. And that's an issue when you've got high emitting plants buying up these excess emission allowances and overworking with less efficient controls and emitting ozone precursors on the hottest days of the season which are becoming more frequent and more severe. Yeah, that that's what I, you know, they took away from your story and that I really, you know, you did a great job of sort of framing that problem. Um, but I don't really know what the solution even could be or is, both because, you know, with the planet getting hotter and weather getting hotter, I'm not sure um, what can be done with that other than, you know, uh, addressing climate change, but also because, as you mentioned, the EPA just updated Casper, and uh, it takes them a long time to make revisions. So it doesn't seem like Casper can be updated again anytime soon. Right. I mean, and it, Casper still works. Like it's that that is how the market works, and this cap and trade system, and even the update is working based on what the regulation is supposed to do within this market that it's created. But protecting health in reality on the ground is kind of a different beast, I think, in this case. And so the experts I spoke to, you know, think there's probably, a, you know, this million dollar question here, whether the fighting power of previously successful programs and their health goals are at risk under a warming planet. One source mentioned, you know, and this would be a departure from the Casper program, but like actually requiring daily emission limits based on optimal pollution controls. But, you know, I think as with anything related to climate, protecting health goals is probably going to require some reimagining of how we regulate emissions in the future. Yeah. And then would that involve, would that, I mean, could that create a situation where on really, really hot days, you potentially have power plants being told you can't run like as much as you who want want to or need to. And I mean, that creates a whole other set of, of health problems, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it also creates a whole set of legal problems as well. You know, you've got permits to consider, um, you know, that I, a rule like that that you just mentioned, which, you know, that would open up a variety of courtroom battles, I would imagine. So, yeah, you know, you need <laughs> you need buy in for these programs, but especially especially with environmental justice and climate justice at the forefront of, you know, the Biden agenda, you know, there's also going to need to be some rethinking about how we pragmatically reduce emissions and get the buy-in for programs like that, but actually do it effectively. All right. Well, that was Jennifer Hijazi uh, from our environment desk here at Bloomberg Law. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thanks for having me, David. 
And that'll do it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment. Just that, at environment. I'm at David B. Schultz. If you'd like to discuss uh, anything with me personally, that's B as in be cool. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, David Schultz. Uh, Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech. The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them. Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech? They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram. We do not want to become the arbiters of truth. We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.